Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We provide fan-oriented and analytic discussions on a variety of animated shows, movies, and anime, currently featuring Steam Universe, Voltron Legendary Defender, Star Wars The Forces of Evil, and Ruby. I'm Justin Cummings, and today I'm joined by Delaney Stovall. Hey, y'all. And Jeff Anderson. Hey, hey. We are continuing our discussion of Voltron Legendary Defender Season 2. Today we will be covering Episodes 5 and 6. Uh, if you are not caught up, we will be discussing everything before that. Up to this point, we are not going past Episode 6, though. If you want to hear our thoughts on the previous four episodes, you can listen to those podcasts at OverlyAnimated.com or by searching Overly Animated on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher, including Stitcher. So, we are going two episodes at a time. So this is our third podcast in our series, and we are here now talking about five and six. So, those are... What are the names of these episodes, guys? I am... The, the Eye of the Storm and Ark of Tajir. Those are the names. Thank you, Delaney. So, let's start with episode five. Let's go around the horn with our... Thoughts. Uh, Jeff, let's start with you. What did you think of episode 5, Eye of the Storm? I thought the Eye of the Storm was very pretty to look at. In fact, the whole thing was really well concepted out. It really makes me think, like, we must live in a really boring part of the universe to not have any of this weird stuff going on. But then again, it is a kid's TV show, and they have to make it look nice. But anyways, uh, yeah, uh, overall, it was it really... I mean, I'm sure you'll agree. It definitely evoked the chase from Avatar. Um, I, yeah, I wrote that note. It's it's literally the chase. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it was cool. I, I enjoyed this episode. All right, Delaney, what about you? Um, I I really like this episode. Like Jeff said, like this episode, this episode's gorgeous. Again, like this show is just really, you know, really expressed. Like we're this, they're kind of showing off. Like this is how like this is how pretty we can make this show. And definitely, like, you know, they're playing to their strengths. There's there's interesting stuff in this episode. Um, I, I kind of enjoy this was I think this is a better version of the the name of the episode in season one kind of escapes me, but where they kind of break up and they're kind of having their own little adventures. This is definitely, I think, a better version of that episode. We're kind of we kind of perfected that kind of formula. Mm-hmm. You know, Pidge learning languages, which is of course my child is doing things. That's exciting and I just love my child. Um arm leg pool, like hello, that's so great. Like uh, I will just, say it once it, more for new listeners, arm leg is Clance, Keith and Lance. Just yep, gotta keep everyone leg. accessible. I gotta use my use my ship name. I just I mean they're they're part of Ultron, you gotta. But I think I think the episode was really good. It was yeah, definitely very, very much the chase from Avatar. Um not necessarily I don't think it was super interesting necessarily. It was good though, and I definitely better than this the similar episode we had in season one where that we kind of s- separate everyone. Everyone's tired. And we have these little mini adventures with everyone. I-, I like the mini adventures. Yeah, this is definitely a good episode. The only thing I didn't like, I was not a big fan of the slipperies. I thought that yeah. was kind of a unnecessary thing, even though it did have payoff. I thought it was just kind of like not needed. It was the only thing that really felt out of place in, Volt- in this episode. They but, played it well, though. Yeah, they did. But overall, it was a really good episode. I liked it a lot. I, again, like we keep saying, it's basically the chase from Avatar, which it was, but that's not bad. Like, the exhaustion right. of the characters makes the villain look really, really strong. It's a really good trope that I wish we saw more often in shows. I thought they played it very, very well. And they gave us a really good episode, and they really kept the pace of the season moving, so... That was a good episode. Let's really dive into it. 
So we start off where we left off, giant fleet, and we immediately try to escape. Uh, Jeff, did you expect us to immediately try to escape, or did you expect a fight? Uh, I, I definitely escape. I mean, you've got the master, like, the big Kahuni, like, the space station there. There's no way they're going up against that after, the, after they just escaped their lives. As they even say in the show, like, why would we stop and fight? You know, do you see what happened last time? So, yeah, no, it was, I think they, I think they made very sensible calls as usual. Um, uh, it was, it was nice seeing those little flyers, um, like the, the, the flood of them coming out of that main mothership because it really throws into perspective how huge that thing is compared to those mm-hmm. little ships. Delaney, what do you think? I mean, again, not shocked. We had, you know, and also we're not ready yet. We're not ready for the big fight. We are also very weak at the moment. And so, uh, you know, escape was obviously like what we were going to do. Yeah. Again, with the size, like it's really, really starting to hit, you know, just things you don't really pay attention to. And of course, like also how big the castle is. Okay. One, it's literally a castle. Now it's a ship. Like, it's like definitely. Then I also really liked watching, Grant, I guess this is more an um, episode uh, six. I just, it's really satisfying watching the little ships like explode in these little balls mm-hmm. of light. Like, it's just satisfying to watch. Space just explosions visually. are fun. Even though, you know, space explosions aren't exactly, you know, scientifically <laughs> strong, it, it, it's still cool. And that's why we get them, because they're cool. The defense drones, I was a huge fan of those. those oh, are, I don't yes. think we've seen those before. Yeah, no, those were so cool. And like, they're kind of cute. Like, <laughs> they're, just, they're adorable. But then they're like, Destroying things. It's great. Yeah. And, and I like when like they the... were like slamming together. Yeah, that was so funny. And it looks like the same tech that powers the walls of the castle bridge, because, you know, the yeah. castle bridge is presumably not at the tip of the thing, but you can still see around you because of hol- holograms or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it looked like, at least from, from, from Pidge's perspective, um, each pilot had their own little all around view of what the drone was seeing. A lot makes it a lot easier to pilot those things. Which is some cool stuff. Mm-hmm. So we get we uh, we get the wormhole. They jump. Uh, Laura faints because Altaian tech is apparently mind exhausting. Yeah, it's her power. They actually said something um, here. They said we must be several galaxies away from Zarkon at this point. And I'm like, whoa! Like I thought this was all happening inside our galaxy. No, right? No, this no, we're massive. several galaxies. So wow, this is a huge scale. So across the universe, you'd say, Delaney? Yes, I was actually going to say that. Stole your thunder. This also, um, that again, this is more like we're getting more of the sense of how powerful the Golra are, and and we we got this was also a little bit more in season one where they've taken over the universe, like they control like everything, like we so we travel, you know, grant again more episode six, but we get farther and like and you know, Pidge's little awesome algorithm. You know, we finding Golra, and they're on basically every occupied planet. Like anything that can support any form of life, like we we're finding the Golra. Which, yeah, it makes sense. Like this, this is almost like a Star Wars esque situation. We're up against, we're a tiny little rebellion up against a massive force. And I think this season they've really done a good job at putting that into perspective, like how insanely huge the Golra Empire is. That it, it has no limits. So. Everyone gets their little assignments from Shiro, because Shiro's like, we need to do stuff. We need to rest. Space Dad. And so everyone goes off on their little missions. Pidge wants to learn a language. Hunk wants to bake cookies. Armleg goes to find the pool. I was um, kind of surprised that they all did 
all that stuff instead of just conking out. Yeah, it was yeah. Like, Granted, especially, I guess especially Pidge, like everything else is sort of like mind numbing. I, I, I bake, I go swimming, but Pidge wants to learn a language while he's dead tired. That's like, okay, good luck. It's Pidge. It, he, she just, it's Pidge. That's what Pidge, that's how Pidge relaxes. Pidge unwinds by learning languages. I mean, that's great. I think that's, and also Pidge likes to be alone. We've, we've had that in season one. Pidge, is alone, gets, gets to learn funky language. Also, why is Altaian Tech just literally designed to kill everyone? Like, what is it like yeah. growing up? I don't think the Galra are the reason that uh, Alora's entire race is gone. I think her technology is why her entire race is dead. <laughs> it's ridiculous. You know what's funny is that that scene of the, of the bear coming against her, like, that was actually in... Um, that, that was the thumbnail for the next episode when I, was, right. when I finished up episode four, and I was like, I'm reading the description. They're battling the Gara, and I'm seeing this cute holographic bear. How does this connect? <laughs> so this is funny. Yeah, it was. I love. I love the little bear, and although it terrified me, I love the bear. What did you think, Delaney? I'm, I'm going to turn this over to you for a new segment. I'm calling Delaney's arm leg time. <laughs> yes. Tell me about the pool. Tell me about your oh. arm leg. Okay, so we have, you know, Lance. This is a really good scene, like Lance in the elevator getting ready, and then, like, it's about to close, and Keith, this is so dramatic. Like, this is just the most dramatic. And they're, and they're just, like, arguing. It's like, oh, I'm gonna go to the pool. It's like, really just, and then I really did like Keith go, like, oh, for any, you know, other ends, like, it'll be fine. And yeah, it's just like, oh, we're gonna have our beach episode in the castle, which no payoff, which is a little sad. Granted, of course the pool's upside down. Yeah, I mean, I I enjoyed seeing them struggle so long, and that was the payoff. Like, they finally had to work together, they escape the elevator shaft, they do all of this, and they can't swim. Well, and that shows a lot of character development, too. Like, season one, like, they never would have, they would have just been in the elevator arguing, instead of, um, like, actually, like, immediately, we, we flash back, and they're already, you know, really far up the shaft, like, trying to get out, find somewhere to go. I like how open they are about their antagonism towards each other. Like, look, we hate each other. That's fine. That that's the way it is. But let's just deal with it. It's really great. And then, of course, later in the episode, we have they cooperate and they're like being like extra nice to each other. And I'm like, okay, y'all are cute. <laughs> it was their adventure that bonded them for all of time. It's so good. Like arm legs real. It's happening. Mm. It. I'm. I agree. Like honestly, I've. I didn't catch arm leg in season one, I think, just because... Of really? I cradled you in my arms. You didn't catch that in season one? What do you mean you cradled me in your arms? We didn't watch the show together. No. Did you not... Li- There's a scene. Lance is like... You know, Keith's like, I cradled you in my arms. Okay, I think it's because I was binging the whole show <laughs> in, like, a day to get caught up with you and Dylan so I could be on the next podcast that, like, any... Any B-plot, any ship was just not in my mind. My mind was purely on giant robot, giant robot, giant robot, giant robot. And I didn't catch anything else. And now that I'm going slower, I'm like, arm leg, arm leg, arm leg, arm leg. And I'm enjoying it. It's developing slowly, but it's, it's there. It's, it's not slow. It's, it's just there. It's wonderful. (laughs) And I love it. And by the season finale, I guarantee, I predict now it will be canon by the end of the season. I don't know about that. I'm still, I'm still not too satisfied with where we are right now. But we'll see. We'll see. I predict it. We'll do more check. We'll do more arm leg check-ins as we move on. 
I'm telling you, every podcast you're gonna get the Delaney's arm leg time, where you just get to talk about arm leg. It's I, like I hidden Sutara, except it's not hidden. hidden. Exactly. So we have the uh, we have the jump again. More. I love the them trying to explain wormhole tech and. Jeff, you ruined the scene for me, because the whole time they were explaining the wormholes, I kept thinking back to our discussion on how wormholes are, like, hypothetical, and, mm-hmm. like, negative gravity and stuff like that, and I'm like, that that's not how this works, that I, this doesn't make sense. Yeah, like, they, they explain it enough, it's sort of like, sort of like Star Trek tech language, like, ooh, the, the plasma conduit does this, that, the other, it's like, okay, that, that makes sense from, like, a... Um, story perspective, like you got to replace this part, but it really doesn't talk about any, but, but how it actually works under the hood, which is fine because, you know, kids show and they are not supposed to be making up real physics because none of this is possible anyways. You're um, telling me a TVY7 show shouldn't explain its physics in perfect detail? What the heck, right? But okay. um, I, I do think that was actually a part of this episode that probably could have been written better because when... Um, when Karen is talking about how, oh, the, the, the lasers and the lenses and the refractoring, um, there's a lot of exposition there. And I didn't really understand what he was talking about as far as the, the you know, the alignment issue until like near the end of the episode. I was like, oh, that's what the lasers are doing. I see. Okay. Maybe I was just not paying attention hard enough, but I think, I think it could have been done more for, um, show, not tell. I think that could have improved yeah. the episode. Yeah, like, it's neat, but we don't actually care. Like, I mean, it's like, I mean, I think, you know, I do think stuff's like, stuff like that's neat, you know, kind of getting a little explanation, but, you know, we don't need, like, you know, it's funny when, P- like, Pidge will do it, but they always cut Pidge off. Yeah. Grand, mm-hmm. A lot of what Pidge was saying made a lot of sense. A little bit, like, you know, it actually wasn't so much, like, complete out there. It was very, it was more math-based. And, you know, like, it's neat, but it's like, we don't actually need to hear about it. Like, show us, and that's more, that's cool. So then they do, they jump like, the second time, and obviously more breaks into stones. And then, my favorite part, we'll hide in the eye of the storm. Get it, guys? Yeah. That's, that's the title. Nudge, it's nudge. a location, Del- uh, Delaney. Well, it's better than greening the cube, so. <laughs> it is, like, a million times better than greening the cube. We're, I love it, this podcast, we're back to location titles. Just, I mean, we're in space. We gotta. I it it the show's mad at you because you complained about yeah, titles and locations. Then they gave you greening the cube. Then you stopped complaining, and now we're back to location titles. Yep. They gotta keep confusing me. It's a really interesting location too. Uh, like it's, I think they said a metallic storm, and it's yeah. in the middle of space. There's no Coriolis forces. There's no atmosphere. What the heck? Um, it's like I said, like the physics of this universe is very weird, especially when you get out of our galaxy, I guess. We need a larger boring. view to see what caused the storm or something. Like, I, Yeah, and what's... Uh, is it going anywhere? Is it getting stronger? I don't, I don't know. Is it's cool. Is that the true antagonist of the show that we'll have to fight in like season three, where we team up with the Galra to fight the storm? Hmm. No. Could be... What I liked about this plot, though, is, like, we didn't do the typical storm plot. Like, he wasn't like, oh, it's gonna, I mean, we said it had it a little bit. Like, it's gonna rip us apart, but we didn't spend so much time on that. It was more like, we're using the storm to our advantage. I don't know, like, you know, this, this, it's a device that gets used a lot, but this wasn't, like, the super annoying, typical way to use it. Like, it, we definitely, we didn't spend that much time on, oh, like, it's gonna rip Voltron apart. And, like, especially these, these two episodes in particular really showcase just how ridiculously OP Voltron is. Mm Mm-hmm. So I th- it was good. Like I, I appreciate. Like it was, it was a neat. Obviously, it's a neat idea. Like metallic storm. It's really cool. 
And then, of course, it's helping us narrow down. Like, it is like Zarkon magic tracking and the Black Lion. Yeah. I thought it was pretty good. So we see then Zarkon pop up again, and he's like, I want the Black Lion, and then Voltron forms. And I think the fact that Zarkon actually was able to, like, take control of the Black Lion, and then still the other four lions are so powerful they were able to overcome that with the weird eye light beams that I still don't understand. Yeah, I have no idea what's going on that, there. Yeah, that actually called to mind um, the finale of Avatar The Last Airbender. Yes. Um, with, with the light shooting out of Aang, who's being taken over and all that. Um, although I think on rewatch, while that was interesting, what the lions were doing, I don't think it was actually what saved them, because you see these explosions happening in the background, and then you see, oh, it's actually the castle that's firing at the, right, yeah. cat, at the it was, mothership. It was right. interesting. I think it was. I think. I think they're very separate. It's this. Again, the same. I was watching that. And I was like, we're in Avatar right now. This is like, we're, we're taking away Ozai's bending. This is cool. And like, and also, it was very dramatic. And it was really, you know, it was very pretty, like the way they did it, and very interesting to watch. And if, I think this might be something a little bit separate we'll have to deal with later, you know, again, like, and of course we're going to keep dealing with it. Zarkon has this deep connection to the Black Lion, and Shira has to fight it constantly. So I think that's more of like, you know, this is kind of like a Voltron. Maybe this is more of the magic, spiritual, you know, kind of side of the lions. And then of course, the castle saved them, so the lights are kind of like, it's just confusing because the lights look the same. They're all blue. So mm-hmm. Right. One thing that was interesting before the scene, um, when Voltron separates from the castle and goes off its own way, and the and it's and the chief druid is like, we have to take out the castle now, and she's sitting duck, and Voltron, and Zarkon's like, no, the black lines all that matters. I thought there was an interesting moment there where there could be a future druid schism, yeah. where like Voltron or like Zarkon's not evil enough for them, and they're gonna go off to their own thing or betray him or something because like they're they've got a lot of power and they're helping him because they want to. It doesn't seem like he has a lot of control over them. Yeah, it's like they're separate. Like they're just helping. Yeah, they're just kind of this. It's kind of like this the relationship between the Sith and the Empire. And mm. um, I, I also I thought. I mean, and you know, particularly it was like the princess. Like we've. Talk, I think this is more in season one. We're returning back to this. This you know, why is the princess such a threat? I mean. It has to. It has to be deeper than she's the last Altaian, which and she's not even really the last Altaian, like Karan too. So it's like, what what is it about Alora that's just like they have like why are the Druids so um, fixated on destroying the princess? Like you, that's right. they want Voltron. So it's like, what well, is she the key to Voltron? Like what's like what are these? What's going on? Now she does have what is this that, that quintessence stuff that powers yeah. the warp drive of right, their ship? Yeah. So and it seems to be a like a a royal bloodline thing. Yeah. Which could be maybe the Altaians were the good version of the Druids, like a race of magicians and whoever. Okay, that, that I mean that would make sense. Ancient ancient bloodline battles. Yeah, that I I hope we do get something like that with Alara. My one worry is that they're just gonna make her one of the paladins, and so them hunting down Alora is no different from them wanting Voltron. But I feel like right. until we kind of resolve why Alora is important, we need to keep her and the paladins kind of like important separate until we explain why she's important because we know why the paladins are important because duh voltron i think we still need to know more about alora before we can put her in voltron if that makes sense mm-hmm. i think we're getting somewhere with this especially like as we'll talk more in episode six and the conversation about the gulra like we're definitely we're getting more into alora and we're probably we're gonna i'm i'm assuming we're gonna have a lot of more alone time with Laura, like what's going on 
So I think we're I think we're we're dipping our toes in it a little bit. We're just not all the way there yet. Yeah. Good backstory. So Hunks cookies save the day because they happen <laughs> they're not to they're, they're not cookies. They're lenses because Hunks not a good chef apparently, and so he they use the cookies and the wormhole. And I mean, we knew they weren't gonna die in the wormhole thing. We they weren't gonna kill them all off, but. It was still a cool scene, I guess. What did you guys think of that scene? It, it was it was a good payoff. Like finally, like oh, here's here's how this tunnel of lenses like works, and how hard the problem this is of aligning all those lasers. They bend everywhere, and uh, and it was fun watching Karen skate around and slime them all up, and then <laughs> his face across the last one. Very good animation there, Delaney. I was like, one, I was a little low-key terrified they were going to kill Cran a little bit. Like, I was like, is he going to, no, don't jump in front of the beam. And then I was like, oh, he's fine, okay, he's just a goober. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, but, I was um, slightly worried about them killing Cran. Yeah, I was like, bruh, no. I was granted, I mean, they gave him this weird disease thing, so at least a little virus, I think. So it's all good. But, um, oh, I lost my train of thought. There was, uh... Well, if I think of it, I'll bring it up. So yeah, they they barely survive. They make the jump, and oh, then Zark. Oh, I got like, it. Yes. Uh, what I really liked about this scene in the wormhole was, oh, the wormhole generator. You know, the past few episodes, I went to make a comment about this on our previous podcast that you know that was the first time. You know, in four episodes, it took us four episodes to see Voltron form, and like you know the whole process. Now, our, you know, episode five, we see them form again. You know, Dylan loves reused animation, but I really liked this. This was a solution that didn't involve Voltron. Like they didn't need to. Like they didn't solve the problem with Voltron. Like they had to fix it. Like I really like. And of course, we get into episode six, and obviously it's cool. Like, watch a giant robot beat stuff up, and like, it's super cool. We have this weapon that can like destroy ships, which is ridiculous. But yeah, I really liked this. You know, we solved it. You know, we have a problem, and we fixed it. And it wasn't Voltron. Like, we didn't have to have the giant robot to do it. Right. Yeah, I, I definitely see that. It's nice to see the Paladins fixing stuff, and not just you know Voltron fixing everything. They're not. They're just not. They're not just. You know, bodies in the lions, <laughs> which right. obviously there's a connection, and they need it. The paladins have to be kind of like they have to have a connection. They, they can't just be anybody, right? Though the Korean stuff kind of like, which we'll talk about in episode six, like, but just good stuff. Like, nice to see them. Like, they're actually doing things. Like, they're not just you know bodies to go into the lions. Yeah. So they jump. They and then Zarkon's like, we're going to Voltron. And so that laser that they fire that oh. they just barely miss. Yeah. Dang, that was cool. Yeah, that, that was awesome. And also I was like, that's terrifying. Yeah. Brown, it's like the big as big around as the ship that totally would have taken him out. It was a scary laser. Hmm. So... And that very last scene with um Zarkon standing in front of the space storm, like facing it. Mm-hmm. Really, really good framing, good lighting. I like that a lot. And then all dramatic. Set a course for Voltron, like bruh. That's really like, good, though. So that's why I think why this isn't quite the chase, because the chase, it establishes that we're being chased, and it, like, takes them through, like, three or four iterations of being, you know, rousted from sleep and have to go off, and then they finally wrap it up at the end. Whereas this one, they stop at, I think, two locations, yeah. and then they still don't resolve it. Like, we still don't know why he's chasing any, so he still is chasing us. So that's, I mean, it's not good or bad, it's just different from the right. chase. Very similar. 
which was good that they did do a little bit of variation. So that ends episode five. We are on to the arc of Tajir. Tajir? Tajir. That word. So, Delaney, let's start with you this time. What were your thoughts overall for episode six? I was really liking kind of like everything about episode six. We have this... Well, I read the description at first. It was like alluring teeth go on their own. What? That's weird. Mm-hmm. But... You know, you know, watching it, it was really neat. And of course, again, my child Pidge is doing awesome things because Pidge is awesome. And again, like this is also just gorgeous. We have this cool alien race. Like the oh, Tajirians yeah. are super neat, and I like the way they they're, they're kind of like the Ood plus, um, like the Adipose from Doctor <laughs> Doctor Who. Like they're really neat. And also, like this again, like you know, another example of like how awful the Gulra are, and this kind of. And just, you know, really seeing what the Gulra do and how what they, like, you know, what they leave, you know, people, like how they leave it, you know, mm-hmm. well, I guess, you know, aliens, you know, how they leave, like, the people they, you know, conquer, you know, because it's kind of like, well, if they did this to them, it's like how many people, like, how many races, like, how many civilizations have been utterly destroyed by the Gulra? And it's also just the planet's super cool. Like, it's acid. Like, it's not a lava. It's like, it's acid. It's terrifying. And, you know, we have more of the vegetation that gets a little bit more explained, the Green Lion's special ability. We get Hunk's new thing. Like, okay, everyone can just do multiple things. It's cool. Like, who knows what's going to happen? But it's all, it's really neat. And then, oh, Keith and Allura being stuck in space was terrifying. But I really like this episode. And I think it's, I I liked it better, I think, than episode five. Of course, both episodes are great. Mm -hmm. I really just really like this episode and basically like everything about it. Yeah. Jeff, what did you think? Well, for the question, was that, you mean terrifying when they're in space because bad situation, or terrifying for the for the sake of arm leg? Oh no, it wasn't. No, I wasn't feeling like the arm leg. Like it, I wasn't feeling like I wasn't worried about that because hmm. Lance was worried about it, and I was like, so it's obviously ridiculous. So it's, <laughs> it obviously wasn't a threat. No, it was definitely like them being alone in space was just like oh, because that's just scary. Like hmm. also it, the ship blew up, and it's like okay, like so my child messed up a little bit, a lot. Darn it, Pidge. It was very gravity. Yeah, they they kind of um put a they they hung a lantern on that I think when earlier in the episode they said uh, yeah. like that thing's still on there as in it's like really old job and might have malfunctioned right since. yeah so yeah. but overall I I found it was fairly enjoyable this episode uh, I think there's a an anime that uh, I don't know if you've any, either you've heard of it it's called Knights of Sidonia yes isn't that on Netflix it is on Netflix is that, okay cool have either of you watched it. No. no, but Delaney, when next time you're ready to do a Netflix podcast, <laughs> hit me up. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's an inter- interesting animation style and really cool. Like, it's like they really up the wow factor every episode, which actually I think goes back to bite them because at a certain point you're like, okay, these these guys have taken out incredible threats and they're just they're so cool. How can they top it? And they keep having to top themselves every time to the point of getting kind of ridiculous. I think so. We're not there yet, but Voltron has the potential to, I think, be a little bit overpowered for their situation. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, now that we know that they can make a, a sword, like, a, a really big sword, then, you know... What's, a super what's the sword! Yeah, exactly. So, you know, they, they can either, like, have a whole lot more enemies come up, and then it's like, okay, now we got to find out a way to make him beat even these guys. Or they can introduce some limitations on the power, like, oh, maybe the lion's just not feeling it, or whatever... Maybe they, they can't always do this super sword thing. Um, but it does open up some interesting possibilities. Like, uh, if, if 
if all the lines are pulling together to make the sword really big, could they all do the same to make the blaster really big or the ice gun or, you know, the shield or the shield? Yeah. Can they like super, super power the other superpowers? I don't know. Right. Well, also with that, I do think, I mean, I agree. Like it's OP, like it's ridiculous, but at the same time, it's, like, I'm kind of, I'm finally getting a feel of why everyone in the universe is like <gasps> Voltron. Exactly. Yeah. So that's, yeah, like, it's, that's, it's, that's finally paying off. Like, you know, it's different when you like, you know, it's like an avatar. It's like, okay, yeah, the avatar is super cool, but like, Aang is a total, like, like, come on. He just wants to ride the koi fish. Like, he's just a little tiny little, just dorky boy. Like, and then of course he goes in the avatar state and you're like, that's terrifying. So, <laughs> but now it's like, the, 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 for me, that was kind of the moment in, here in Voltron is this, like, this is ridiculous. They just cut a ship in half. Like, what? Like, yeah, we gotta keep in mind that the, our paladins are new. Like, they're just now learning kind of, what Voltron's capable of. So and it's people... been gone for so long. Exactly. So when people hear of Voltron, they think the previous paladins, and imagine what seasoned paladins could pull off with Voltron, like just the insane scale of what they could accomplish, and then add to that legends over time. And it makes sense that people literally look at Voltron, honestly, kind of like a god figure. Like when people talk about Voltron, it's almost like a deity. Like that's the way they see it, because it's just so powerful. And I think we're finally starting to see them kind of reach that potential that everyone ascribes to Voltron, which is nice. But my biggest takeaway from this episode was a lot of alien Keith hints. Like, Keith is an alien at this oh, point. Oh, he's an alien, 120. Uh, I'm, I'm not gonna... I, I think he more he has an alien ancestor. Okay, that's fair, yeah. Because he asks, like, could, could Gaara have been on Earth, like, a while... I, I, like, I feel like the question was, like, a while ago. That might have been, like, a family heirloom, that knife. And, know. like, can, like, and, you know, are all Golra bad? Like, we're kind of doing that. You know, it's kind of almost like a Zuko kind of arc. I mean, it makes a lot, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Granted, I'm also, I'm honestly just so shocked because, like, when I've seen the theory on Tumblr, I'm like, that's ridiculous, but okay. And now I'm like, they're right. Oh, God. Like, jeez. Like, it's, it's very plausible at this point. Oh, boy. Okay. Line from season one finale. Zarkon. You fight like a Galra. To uh, Keith? Yeah. Like, but, what? Well, that was, Alien uh, Keith confirmed. Yeah. You heard it here first. <laughs> confirmed. I, you probably didn't hear it here first, because it's probably like revealed later in the season, and you already knew it and saw it on Tumblr or something. But you heard it here now, and that's enough for us. So, yeah, I, I really like what they're doing with Keith. Um... I've liked his character this season. I like that they're giving him, like, an arc of probably being Galra or something like that, which now I kind of want Shiro to die, and that sounds horrible, but I want to see them deal with a Galra leader, basically, and, like, comparing Keith to Zarkon and just stuff like that. I like another that Galra like... and the Black Lion. Yeah, exactly. I want to see how that would work. Like, I... That, to me, sounds really, really interesting, and I'm not sure if they're going to do that, but it kind of seems like they're going that route with how much they've been building up Keith, like, every episode. Like, does, have you guys noticed that he just seems more present this season, in general? Well, I mean, he's, like, actually a character, for one, and I don't hate his guts. Like, he was super irritating in season one. Like, it, was, it was just a lot of, like, drama. It was just a lot of Lance Keith, and, like, Keith, he, Keith really didn't have a character. Like, he really wasn't, like, fleshed out in any way. He was just very, like, just very one-dimensional. And he's, like... We're seeing Keith like actually make decisions. We're getting, we're spending time with Keith, and I think it's really paying off. Like I think right now the standouts of the season 
I mean, we're about halfway. You know, I think the standouts, standouts of the season right now are Pidge, which that's not just because Pidge is my child, but they're doing really neat things with Pidge. Mm-hmm. And Pidge is definitely have as more, I think, has more of a presence this season than last season. You know, you know, Pidge had their moment, but then it kind of like pit, they kind of sidelined Pidge and just kind of boiled Pidge down to searching for their family. But here we have, um, you know, Pidge is really stepping, you know, stepping up. And stepping out, and then Keith is also, you know, shockingly to me, I was like, I can't believe like they're doing this with Keith. Like it's kind of like you know, back in the um, season one finale, uh, you know, what you know, when me and Dylan were like, oh, what do I want from season two? And then like they're giving it, like we're actually fleshing Keith out, and they're doing it really well. And I'm excited to see what we're doing with Keith. Like I, I really like Keith right now. Like he's doing really cool stuff. He's really interesting, and I like I feel bad for him. Like can we wrap Keith in a blanket and give him a hug? I'm sure Tumblr has already done that. It's fine. I, I, I'm sure they're on it. I'm sure they love him. But yeah, I mean, it's it, this episode. I think really did a good job of putting those plots forward. I loved what we got with uh, Alora and Keith. So let's get into it. We we start off by meeting the Tajirians, and I love this design. Like you said, Delaney, it's it's very alien. It doesn't feel human. It feels like we're definitely away from Earth, and we're getting into like some really different species. And not enough sci-fi series really do that. I think we've talked about this in the past, and I think they really committed this time to, like, true aliens. I don't know what was up with their speech patterns, but I thought they were pretty cool. Jeff, what did you think of them? Um, the, 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 the Tajir, I honestly wasn't a fan of the design. I think they look kind of goofy. Like, they look kind of goofy. To me, True. they kind of look like um, a Michelin Man, so that's fair. They are the Michelin Man, and then for some reason they, yeah, I just didn't get the, like, is that technology or like because they they seem kind of robotic and they glow, their mouths glow when they talk. I, I don't know, I just didn't get them very much. It's that's called fair. bioluminescence. <laughs> yeah, could but be. Y- yeah, and we um, we have the opening stuff with uh Shiro and making sure Keith is okay and Keith going off about um no the dream sequence rather where we see kind of the red line being under Galra control and Keith being the Galra warrior and like if that doesn't set up Keith as an alien, I don't know what does. Uh Delaney what you say is, oh oh no he's not he's not just an alien. It was um Zarkon's like I am your father. Yeah no exactly I was gonna say Zark is like his he's Zarkon's son. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Mm. Where have we seen that before? I don't know, man. Mm, Just some weird. some war amongst the stars, I guess. We we have warped to a galaxy far, far away. If you, consider... I mean, if they do this, is this going to be like the biggest cinematic reveal in history? I don't know. Like, it's going to be weird. If we're on TV, is it really cinematic, Delaney? I don't know. That's fair. I, I don't know how that works. You know what? I I felt like uh, when. This is just like rewinding a little bit when when Paige was showing off or trying to describe his Galra finder. I was. Uh, and they're all like, uh, oh, wait, can you speak English? Oh, okay, it's a Gaara finder. And it's like, no, 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 push back. It is not a Gaara finder. You're doing great. It does not find Gaara. It predicts where they are. It's a very important distinction. Yes. Yeah, I love Pidge's device. Like, I love that. I love just... Pidge is brilliant, and I think we need to accept that Pidge is like 14, yet she is smarter than literally everyone we have met, except maybe Zarkon. So, Pidge is the best. Pidge is just amazing. We need just a spotlight on Pidge. Just an episode of just Pidge being Pidge. Nothing else, just Pidge. 
And maybe like, what does Pidge work. like? What does Pidge do like every day? What is like in a normal day? What is Pidge up to? Learning ten languages in the span <laughs> of one day. And being attacked by the terrifying Altaian technology. Yeah, how is Pidge not dead yet? Because Pidge messes with the text so much, yet survives. Didn't we just say how awesome she was? Yeah, exactly, I mean, it's true. Pidge is just too good. Pidge too good, 2K17. Yep. So, Keith and Laura go off on their pod, like, this was like the ultimate loner, it's like loner to the max of, I'm causing all of this trouble, no, I'm causing all of this trouble, well fine, let's just both go, and then neither of us can cause any trouble to anybody. It just, it felt a bit much, but I get why they did it. What did you guys think? I was, um, I was with Pidge. Well, it's funny how she called out like, oh, good, you're isolating the variable. Well, you're isolating two variables. And I'm like, thank you. Now, if, yes. the, if, the, if the Gaura find either find that ship, that we will still won't know which one of you is. We'll have to do it again. And you'll, yeah, yeah, you'll still be complaining to each other. It was me. No, it was me. And it's like, come on. So what they need to do is they need to get every single um, lion just separate each other and then find out where the, which one they go for. And then just have the warp drive all spun up and ready to go and then warp out as soon as they get arrived. Then there's your answer. But they weren't thinking smart. They were thinking like 2006 complete teen angst. Which, exactly. I mean, I don't know how old Alora is, but there was a lot of teen angst in this episode. There's, it was. Like, their whole arc was just teen angst, the arc. But I did like those scenes. Um, let's go ahead and talk about, like, those scenes where they're just in the pod talking about, like... We talked earlier about Alora's kind of prejudice against Agara, which makes sense. But it was it was really strong here. What, Delaney, what did you think of Alora talking about the Gara? I mean, definitely. It's I mean, we're I mean, and I you know I had said like we're definitely gonna talk about this more. And I mean, obviously, it's very deep. I mean, the Gara destroyed her her civilization. You know, like everything she ever knew. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, definitely, this is going to like cause friction when you know Alien Keith happens or whatever's going on with him. And, you know, it's more friction as we deal with the um, the Blade of Malmora. I, I think that's what they're called. And, I mean, we're going to have to keep going with it and see what's, you know, what's going on. I feel like maybe we're going to get a little bit... I mean, I don't really... I don't... I'm not really expecting there's more to it for Alora than, you know, the fact that, like, they've just... You know, they've conquered the universe. They, you know, destroyed her civilization. But maybe, maybe we'll talk a little bit more about, you know, maybe more, like deeper not necessarily i mean obviously that's enough but i don't know maybe a more specific reason but i think it's like like Alora's mad cool Alora, be mad like you should be mad <laughs> like you should obviously like and i, I mean i think it's fair that she is you know kind of i mean i do think you know it's, it's different as viewers we're seeing all the pieces and uh, you know ulos ulos was just one gulra who you know and Shiro's, it's based off Shiro's, you know, he's not remembering, like, he couldn't remember until literally that episode would happen, mm-hmm. and then it was just Ulos, and Ulos died, so we'll just have to see when we get to the Blade of Mamora, you know, what's really going on, and kind of um, Alora interacting with them, and like, how they treat Alora, and how Alora responds, so I mean, we're in for some interesting stuff, and like, you know, this kind of, I think it'll be, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little anxious about how they're going to handle it. Because this could go really badly, like, you know, kind of the, you know, societal implications of what they're representing and things like that, especially, you know, the current political climate. So we'll see where they're going with it. Um, oh, right now, I think politics. it's fine. So we'll have to see. 
I think we definitely need some some show and some some flashbacks because yeah. she can say all she wants. Oh, they destroyed my civilization, whatever, took over the galaxy. But like until we see what they did to her personally, um, I think we're gonna be missing out on why she's mad, and we won't be able to empathize with her as much. Very similar to um, the Southern Raiders episode from Legend mm-hmm. of Korra, or sorry, not Legend of Korra, Avatar. Um, we really we got to see the flashbacks to to uh, to, to the mom actually being killed yeah i think and, that that added a lot of weight to katara's character and i think if we get something similar to allura hopefully you know sooner than we got the southern raiders which was like almost the end of the show i think that would really change kind of how we feel now as opposed to how we feel retrospectively about like how we felt about the fire nation after seeing that if we got that kind of thing earlier on in the show i think that would really impact a lot of how we feel about the Gara. Well, I think it's a little, I mean, I think it's a little, I think it's a weakness of the show currently. Um, also, I think it's easy to be like, well, the goal are bad, but, you know, Allure is supposed to be better. But I think, um, we're, I mean, I'm, we're going to just have to see. Like, I do, I mean, I think, like, how Allure is feeling makes a lot of sense. And honestly, the Paladins kind of buying into Ulos and the Blade of Mount Moor so quickly is a little, like, almost unbelievable. Granted, they're also from Earth, and they're just, inter- they're entering into this, you know, like, millennial-long, like, conflict. So it'll be interesting to see all the pieces, and I'm really excited to see the Blade of Mamor, like how that's going to play out. Like I'm just, I'm really, I'm ready for that, and I hope I'm, I'm seeing it more of the penultimate episode. Maybe it's, I would hope it's a little bit earlier. Like, I hope it's not just the finale. Like maybe it's the, you know, the, uh, you know, second to last or episode. So yeah. hopefully soon. So we get to Tajir and we see the arc, and like this, this as much as. There was a lot of sarcasm, like, from the Tajirians, especially with, like, I'd feel more comfortable with all five paladins being here. Why are there only four of you? Like, their entire species was moments from dying. Like, this was heavy. I even, I even made a note, cause, I mean, Morvok, Marvok, whatever his name was, is kind of an idiot. But for the lame villain of the episode, he was completely ready to commit genocide. Yeah. Which. He was just gonna take him out. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's kinda heavy. That's that's not okay, man. That's that's really not okay. And so I think that kind of got downplayed a bit too much. But it was well, and they also very... like they completely like like just they disabled their ship for no reason other than just to be obnoxious and to be awful to them, like just to just to torture them some more. Yeah, yeah. They're the Galra. We have reason to hate the Galra. And so seeing. I think it was fun stuff, though, on the planet. I don't know why Hunk, you know, got his new power, but it came in handy. I literally wrote, Hunk got him some new armor claws. Which, hmm. what did you so think you of it? ka-ching! ka-ching! That was, ka-ching! In the episode. Oh, wait, that's all I really need to say about the armor claws, is they go, ka-ching! Yeah, that's it. That's all they do. Like, also, it's kind of like, oh, it's so exciting. Like, the claws, like, extend. Like, really? Like, it's a lion, bro. <laughs> but... Why did I want that on the shirt. It's a lion, bro. Yes, Voltron. It's a lion, bro. So we talked about the Keith and Alara space stuff. I think we kind of alluded to this earlier. Karan trying to pilot the Red Lion. The Delaney. Cape. Yes, Delaney. What are your thoughts? The cape. Why? Like one, I was like, I was kind of ex- when I was overwhelmed by his outfit, and I was like, bro, like chill. But then 
it was really interesting. I was, I was almost, I was almost a little like I was, I had mixed feelings about it. I was a little disappointed that Coran didn't pilot the red, the red line, but then it also makes sense, you know, like the connection to the paladins and like I think this is definitely adding more lore to it. You know, it's not just anyone. So I don't know. I, this is also a little contradictory, you know. Like he was like, "Well, there, there's no one else here to pilot it," and he like goes in there. And he's like, and he like has this like ridiculous speech to the red line, and like like he could have piloted. I don't know. It's it's interesting. Like I guess like any, yeah, there can just be a body in the red line, but like there has to be that connection to really make it powerful. But I mean, it was I mean it was obviously an entertaining scene. His outfit's ridiculous. Crane is ridiculous. And but you know, obvi- the red line like going for Keith was that was really good. Yeah, that scene was great. I loved, you know, seeing the red line get the Keith and they form Voltron. And Jeff, you've already talked about it, but what are your thoughts on the gigantic sword? Um, it certainly looks pretty cool. Um, again, it's um, it's it's a dangerous path to just give more and more powers. But I am I am super interested to see what else they what else they can do. Um. With it. I mean, just for, for nothing else, in it, just like for uh, the, the spectacle of it, what what other powers can this thing have? You know, come on, entertain us, come on, right? Yeah, I'm very excited to see kind of where they go with that. It's it it is a bit op, but if you watch a lot of mech stuff, they do frequently get very op, and then the villains just get even more op, and it's just. I feel like the Gara Empire is going to do something drastic to get like even more powerful soon, and all of the really cool powers that Voltron has will suddenly seem insignificant, and we will need even bigger powers soon. The next row beast. Yes. And mm. you said it. You said the word. I'm proud of you. It hurt me, but it's okay. I'm, the the things we sacrifice for this podcast, you know? Yes. It, so, yeah, we, we get the confirmation then at the end that Zarkon's tracking them through the Black Lion, and... I felt very much like, um, I don't know who he is. He's in Napoleon Dynamite. Un- oh, Uncle Rico. When they're, he stumbles in after the time machine goes wrong. It's like, oh, that thing doesn't work. And he's like, I could have told you that. Yeah, right. Like, come on. Of course it was a black line. What else? Yeah, could've... yeah. I feel, you know, it was kind of, it was very, it wasn't, I didn't really feel, it was like, duh. I, 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 yes, we figured this out like three episodes ago, y'all. Like, why are we. That was a little irritating. The show doesn't do that a lot, so it was kind of... In fact, yeah, I think that's like... Yeah, I don't know. Also, there was... um, Karen earlier was like, no Paladins ever tracked their, their line at, at such a distance, and I, also, I, want, I, I felt like throwing his words back at him, because cause late last season, he was like, whoa, they've found a new way to extract quintessence. I've never seen that before. So... You know, because when they were extracting the quintessence from the planets and converting right. it into fuel... Right. And... And so I'm like, come on, man! You you're, you're aware that they're using techno sorcery to do some really cool stuff. Um, Why are you still surprised by things the Gara do? It's just exactly. Koran being shocked. Like that's what the show is. It's just Koran being shocked. Yeah. So that brings us to the end of episode six. Final thoughts, anyone, before we sign off? Um, cutting the ship in half was awesome. Like you know, it being yes. ridiculous aside was like. Incredible, and not to be like, not to spoil anyone, but you know, if you granted it's been out for a little bit, but it very much to me felt like that moment in Rogue One when all the stuff's happening in space. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I've (laughs) seen it, and I'm not sure I know what you're talking about. The the ships. Uh, Tell me later, because okay. Anyway, if if anyone understands what I'm talking about, that's awesome. 
but it, I don't know, it just, like, it reminded me of, like, the ships colliding in Rogue One. Hmm. Okay. Oh, yes, yes, I know what you're talking about. That was fantastic. Just fantastic. Uh, that's, how, yeah, that's, that's just how I felt about it. I don't know, this episode was just really good. It's gorgeous, and we have some really interesting character moments, and I just, the episodes are getting better, and it's really exciting, and that really yeah. wasn't what was going on in season one. Season one held really steady until the finale, and we're going up, and I'm really excited to see where we end. So, when, what's next? Like, in the next two episodes, like, really excited. Awesome, Jeff. Final thoughts? Uh, like I said, you know, these episodes are getting, I, I like, yeah, uh, uh, unlike you, I think I did not have the greatest opinion of the first couple episodes, but, um, it's really upped its game since then, so you know we'll see if it can continue that trend or whatever. But so far, it's just a really solid show. Yeah, my my I guess my final thoughts would be I'm excited to see what happens next, and if you haven't seen it, go see Rogue One. That's <laughs> yeah. That's basically the the point of this podcast is the show is good, and go see Star Wars. So thank you so much okay. to everyone for listening. Uh, if you want to support us. Please uh, review us on iTunes, rank us on Stitcher. That helps more people find us, so you have more people to blab about all your favorite shows with. And you can support us financially via Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash overlyanimated. All kinds of cool rewards. We have a Facebook group uh, just for our patrons where you can talk with us and hang out, and it's cool and it's fun. And we do monthly live streams, and you get your own patron nickname. Uh, thank you to all of our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Ryan, a.k.a. Brian. We love our nicknames. We do a great job, I think. And, yeah, um, stay tuned for more Voltron coverage. We will be coming out with these about every other day or so, and we're going to go through the rest of the season. Look forward to that, and we'll see you all next time. Bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.